Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fight for Liberty show live on Free Speech Media. If you guys are watching this on a Lizard People website like YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, click something in the description to go over to Free Speech Media on DLive, Trovo, or Float to watch this, help earn crypto, help support the Liberty Movement, and not support the Lizard People. I say that too much unironically now. Uh, I'm actually really excited about tonight's uh, episode. We've got two based guests coming on tonight. Uh, one of them from uh, from Satan's armpit down in Georgia. And whether you're down there or in California or Nazi York, whether you have a, a very liberal or a very conservative government, you can help take the edge off with some Nug of Knowledge CBD or THC uh, products. You go over to nugofknowledge.com. Use promo code UNITE, get 10% off your first purchase, and again, help support people in the Liberty Movement. So uh, that's that's what we're all about here. Again, I'm really excited about today. We've got former senator candidate, governor candidate, hopefully, possibly, definitely, Mr. Shane Hazel. How's it going? Dude, you got a tight intro, brother. I like it, man. I was sitting here jamming. I was like, nice, nice to tune here. It's a good dig. <laughs> thank you. Thank thanks, you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, David. I mean, it's it's, it's cool. We uh we met uh what two weeks ago? Uh yeah. almost yeah, on Friday at the uh, the Pennsylvania convention. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, man, it was a good time. What a crowd, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, this is this is interesting. You're one of the first people on the show that I actually met in person first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen very much anymore, does no, it? It doesn't. Uh, but yeah, that was an, an electric night. Uh, just having all of those people in one room or or out in that. The best part was when we were taking over that entire like smoke area outside, and oh, it was just like man. there was like seven different circles, and there was just like straight up bongs being passed around outside in public. No one gave a fuck. It's like, oh hey, that's Scott Horton. And that's Shane Hazel, and there's Dave Smith over there, and Michael Heiss is over here, and like, oh, that's Jeff Douglas. All right, okay. And it's just like, okay, this is like all the cool people, all just getting stoned out in public, and nobody no is acting a fool. Man, it was so good. Just, it, I oh mean, just, just cool, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, what a moment! I got to, you know, I don't know if Scott wants me to say anything. I'm not going to say anything, but uh, yeah, I mean, just to, to roll around and, and share a J with some guys or whatever, like it, mm-hmm. really cool night, man. Yeah, and that you mentioned like no one was acting a fool there. I was I was pleasantly surprised by that, and not even because it was a Mises thing, but just because it was just a a thing, right? Like I've never been with that many adults that drunk where more inappropriate things didn't happen than what happened that night. Like it was really <laughs> tame. It was just, and I mean, we had fucking like toddlers and tiaras next door for the first half of it. And it was like so many, so many opportunities for just like someone oh, to get mistaken as someone thing, and just, you know, could have gone terribly and nothing really went wrong that That's weekend. Like, those, those, those crazy potheads, man, they're, they're, just, they're, they're wrecking the world. Oh man. It's, yeah, man. It's, what's going to happen? Everybody going to get 
peaceful and love each other. Like, right. I mean, attack a bag of Doritos <laughs> together. Like, like <laughs> that's, all, that's all that happens. Right. Jesus. Um, so I do have to ask, uh, what what made you decide to become a Democratic operative and sell out the country to the leftist uh, cathedral mob? Man, when you hate Republicans as much as I do, <laughs> after being a Republican your entire life, right? Like, yeah, that's the thing. Is like there, I get maybe I've got the uh, I don't know the antithesis of Stockholm syndrome, right? Like th those were my captors for a long time. You know, the, the Republican Party. I thought everything that they did and said was you know the way it had to go, and you know I'd see my I'd even see my cog cognitive dissonance sometimes and get called out on it, right? And, you know, yep. you just try to make an excuse for it and like oh man anyway yeah man they, uh w when i came back uh from overseas and and started you know learning liberty uh after being shown the hard way um it was one of those things where i thought maybe i could go in and do some things for a failing party uh for people that you know were you know supposed to be kind of a conscience of of liberty you know some some remnant of liberty the constitution like Man, they weren't having any of that shit. And like, not only were they not having it, like they were going around like stabbing me in the back and like changing uh, debate schedules and limiting the debates to just one debate. I mean, it it was it was crazy. So, you know, when I saw all of it, I was like, man, this party is beyond help. You know, like even if I did take it over at this level, I'd have to take it over at the the state level, and I have to take it over at the region level. I'd take it over at the federal level. I don't think that's. I don't think the the GOP is salvageable in that way. That's, I mean, there, there's a, I mean, there's a running debate right now out there between guys like myself and, and throw Bishop. And I mean, it's, I, I've been there, I've tried it. And it's like, well, guys, you know, if, if I did something wrong and you guys want to go show me how to do it the right way, fine, by all means, go for it. But yeah, yeah. I, th that's how that's I feel it. about Eric Brakey. Yeah, uh, him and I have gotten into it like on Clubhouse and on Twitter and, and even a little bit when I had him on the show, I pushed back. It was what I don't usually argue with my guests like they can say most of what they want and I'll just be like, all right. Yeah, I, I mean, I see your point. Um, but that was one I had to be like, well, is the Republican Party actually the best vehicle for liberty? Because I don't think so. Seems like controlled opposition. And I'll tell you right now, man, as soon as you make any waves in that party, they want you gone, man. Like that's like down to the rank and file. Like they they just hate you because that's the popularity contest. And it's it's what you do when you're trying to like earn favor with whoever's in the the, the power seats. And I'm so I mean so glad that we are the antithesis of that. Like, you know, like when, when you look at what's happened in the past three years in the Libertarian Party, mm -hmm. it's been a it's been a fight, man. And now I think you know, things are coming off the boil. Things are starting to like gel a little bit. We're starting to hit a stride. And man, I mean, like PA, it was a perfect example. It was like, man, we had people from all over the Libertarian Party in that room. Oh, and, yeah. Um, man, I'll tell you what, the uh, the love was just infectious up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I was I was on fire. I'm still I'm still riding on the coattails of that night because uh, it's like. God, it was just it was just a great night. Like and yeah. and listening to Dave and listening to Scott and then just getting to meet all of those people and you know there's there's a lot of talk about like what people y'all are bringing into the party, right? And uh 
And I got to meet a bunch of them. I got to meet hundreds of them in one night and actually talk to over a hundred of them like one-on-one throughout the night. Cause you know, I was there with free speech media and we were actually like interviewing a bunch of people and like really trying to get the real story. And most, the most common story that I heard was I found out about the LP in 08 supported Ron Paul in 2012 in the Republican primary. He lost. Then I voted Gary Johnson in 12, 16, voted Jorgensen in 2020. And now I'm I'm a dues paying member of the party for the first time. Yeah. I heard that story dozens and dozens of times. I heard a couple people in that room that were like, well, you know, I was a birdie bro in 2016 and still kind of was in 2020. And then I heard um, Jacob Hornberger talk about anti-war. And and joined up like that was that's people underestimate the Tulsi to Hornberger pipeline. I I think you're oh yeah absolutely astute connection man. Um, mm-hmm. Tulsi I mean I've talked to so many people lately that were Bernie and Tulsi you know I mean in totally different track right and they've they've both come to that point where they start having conversations with anti-war people. And then all of a sudden, man, you know, they find one of us and it's just like, well, here's your fire hose, you know, mm-hmm. and we love you. Come on in, man. If you you think you're pissed about that, <laughs> wait till you find out about it, you know, economics. Wait, wait till you find out uh, about, you know, the, what's what's not happening in terms of like, you know, civil asset for, forfeiture nullification, uh, criminal justice reform, you know, all of these things that we as libertarians just, you know, knock the cover mm-hmm. off the ball, you know, it's yeah. like. It, it's a it's a very fast pipeline, right? Like you, you go into uh, being a, a minarchist to an uh, you know ancap like pretty quick sometimes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I fell down that rabbit hole this year, uh, it's, and it's a fun one. I wouldn't call myself an ancap. I, I I'm just an anarchist. But uh, yeah, I and you know there's that that common saying of like you know if there's not there's ten people sitting at a table and nine of them are Nazis, there's ten Nazis sitting at a table. <laughs> Uh, not to bring this into Nazis because this is going to be a bad example, but it's just such a common fucking phrase. I like to think about that with like the Tulsi stuff because a lot of people gave uh, me and some of my friends shit for for working on her campaign. Like I had it, I was her deputy volunteer coordinator. I had a, like a national named position right. on her campaign. Reed was one of our like main volunteers yeah. in New Hampshire. <laughs> he busted his ass for that campaign. Uh, there's plenty of other people named like uh even like justin o'donnell did a bunch of work uh helping us like coordinate some events and a lot of us got shit for it and it's like if if reed hadn't built that relationship with so many of those tulsi people that tulsi to hornberger pipeline was wouldn't have been there like uh like he he pushed people more people down that pipeline than anyone else i know and i know dozens of people that were Went, did that Bernie to Tulsi to Hornberger Jorgensen and now our Mises caucus people almost exclusively because of Reed Coverdale. And that was before he had a show and, or was popular or anything like that. that. That's just him as a person. Yeah. You know, and that's the crazy thing, right? It's like, you know, this, this little, you know, civil war that we had, you know, I shouldn't even call it that I'll get shit for calling it a civil war, but like, you know, the, the fact yeah. that, the fact that, you know, we had um, this, well, there, there's a, a revolution going on inside of our own party and to, to see all these people from all these different venues arriving at this one place together right it's like look guys 
we don't have to agree on everything. Like, that's really not what we're about. We're actually for the antithesis. We're about do whatever the fuck you want to do, right, man? It's like, and if you're not hurting anybody, we don't care. Like, that's the coolest part about this whole thing. And I wish more people in the Liberty you know, movement that were, you know, a little more negative, a little more depressing, you know, saw that it's like, yo, man, you can go Liberty, whatever the way you want. And I'm all for you. Like, I really don't care. It's like, we, we, you know, our rules. It's like, don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. And good ideas don't require force. If you can go in Liberty that way, I don't give a shit what you do. I don't care how you get there. I have zero, like, just keep bringing them and we'll all right. be cool together. Right? Like, it's a really neat thing. We teach each other shit too. And that's, oh man, you want to talk about the wealth of experience in, in this movement right now from all different oh, sorts of, oh, hell amazing. Yeah. yeah. We just, we just got one of our, one of our first victories, uh, big L libertarian victories this year for someone who was the petitioning coordinator for Andrew Yang. In, yeah. in Indiana, which is, if anyone knows anything about the Democratic primary process, and the Indiana is literally the hardest state to get on the ballot out of almost all 50. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Tulsi almost didn't make it on the ballot. Bloomberg was paying people $100 an hour in Indiana because he almost didn't make it on the ballot. It was hilarious. Um, and Yang was one of the first ones. We have that guy, and he just won his election in DeKalb, uh, Illinois, with 83% of the vote and like, we're doing shit. Like we're really actually doing shit. Cause we have, we have some people and yeah, especially, you know, if we're talking about, you're talking about a wealth of knowledge, like Scott Horton by himself, is a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> like Scott Horton by himself, just joining the LP doubled the LP's knowledge of the anti-war movement. Well, I, you know, it's, it's, I mean, this is the thing is like, we could just really, if, if it was all a chess game, we could really just sit, Scott Horton on a, a chessboard by himself against everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Did you see what he did on Tim Pool last night? Incredible. I mean, to sit there and just have those guys going, yeah, you know what, man? I got a default. Like, you know, like, you know what the hell you're talking about. You know who the players were and everything else. And even the internet out there, boy, you know, they may, they may nitpick maybe one or two things here or there with like a syllable or misplaced name from like 1940 something. And you're like, that's all you got, man. Like get, get out of here. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're right. Yeah. He, we yeah, got, some, we got some people apart. Absolute legends in, in this movement right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Scott Horton's just a, uh, in and of himself, like a, like a, a really good egg and really just calls balls and strikes and better than, better than a lot of people. Uh, sure does. Have you ever talked to him off the side, man? A little bit. I got I got him a little bit uh, in or after after the show when I had him on. We got yeah. to talk for a little bit, and then last weekend, but not nearly cool. enough. I'm gonna have him on to talk about his book that I've finally finished because I had stacks and stacks of them everywhere. <laughs> but uh, I really want him to come on and tell stories, man. Like the absolutely, I you know I, I'm I'm here talking about Scott Horton, but like I we were cracking up. I mean, I was absolutely, you know, I was having a good time, but I was also like, these are incredible stories, Scott. Like a lot of times Scott's got that, you know, that really heavy job of, you know, telling people all the depressing shit that's going on in the world. Right. And so it's not, it's not a lot of humor, but boy, man, you get him off and like in, in on the side and, and start talking to him about some of the stories he's got. 
they are hysterical, man. Absolutely. And I think, I think a lot more people need to see that side of Scott Horton. Oh yeah. The, you constantly forget that he is really just a well-educated stoner skater, bro. (laughs) That is like, even on, even on Tim last night, you know, he's in a fucking hoodie talking about like how much he misses skating. And it's like, he's really just a, a stoner bro like that's scott horton it's beautiful yeah, you know what's funny is how many people you know have really come to life since uh the, the the nullification movement of cannabis man i mean i'm telling you like when i when i found it man that's when stuff started to happen like really started to happen and it's not you know it's not irresponsibility it's one of those things where i think i mean geez oh, pete you look at you know history have you read um uh, immortality key Mm-mm. oh man it's it gets into like the history of human beings and where spirituality came from not so much religion right and what religion adopted because it couldn't kill and then suppressed you know this part like the cannabis the psilocybin the you know all of these crazy rituals that they used to have in terms of communing with a you know basically your pineal gland for lack of a you know better term but like you know like they were doing some amazing things and like it all got removed from our culture and i think there's a damn good reason for it especially now that i've read that book if if you are of that mindset you know you you're into psychedelics and all that kind of stuff go read that book i mean absolutely an awesome book and it will confirm a hell of a lot of your suspicions on why this stuff is absolutely suppressed to the point of they'll kill you for doing it. Yeah. I will definitely be adding that to my list. Cause that is, that's one of my favorite topics right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I Me got too, into, man. I got into psychedelics last year and, and yeah, the, what I really started looking into why we don't have them and why the, to the criminality of like literally every natural remedy to all the bad things has been illegal for decades now. It's like, I mean, it's more for a long time. I was like, uh, Oh, big pharma. And at the, now it's like, no, this has been hundreds of years like this. Put, trying to hide this stuff from us has gone on longer than big pharma's existed. It's a the whole Catholic other thing. church. The Catholic church has, reams of you know the the history of this you know being part of the sacrament right like that's that's one of the things they did and like oh man like for for the catholic church to be who they are to have the you know the 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 treasure that they do and be just this i don't know completely fake ass organization that is you know really kind of got into uh, moving pedophiles around, you know, the, the different countries and things like that. It's like, fuck man, like what a evil, powerful organization that too many people are still blind. I mean, these, these murder cults are, are everywhere. I mean, thank God the Catholic church is, you know, a voluntary murder cult, right? Like, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you guys just keep your murder shit over there and we'll keep our murder shit over here. But yeah, I mean, this guy, uh, Brian and I forgive me, I forget how to pronounce his last name, but yeah, man, he gets to go down into the catacombs and, and or catacombs, basically the basement down there. And he speaks every language there is, basically, right? All the all the ancient Greek, all the ancient, um, you know, 
Farsi and Arabic language and dialects. And then, you know, he can, he'll roll through Spanish and German and, and you're just like, who are you? And you understand botany and biology and chemistry and all like your brain just goes, man, it is uh, it, it's a fantastic read. Uh, if, if you're into the history of spirituality, for sure. All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's always been a fun a fun topic because I was raised re really religious and and kind of ditched that and then came back into it because I realized that like it was cool. I kind of I got back into it because I found a good church that was more spiritual than they were religious. You know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. where they they actually believed in miracles and sought them out and did like they did the stuff and they were helping their community and they were teaching good things and you know it's all based on the bible but but it was very much not what i grew up with and and then the more i dove into that i was like you know this is all really cool but the bible that it's all based on still sounds like bullshit so <laughs> <laughs> so what do we do now and then i just did a fuck ton of psychedelics and got into like a lot of really long in-depth arguments uh with with a few of my friends and realized that like yeah maybe maybe i don't believe all the things <laughs> yeah man is that i mean was it a hard thing for you too like i mean it, at first you were like oh boy like this uh this is really kind of difficult i mean it was i don't know it kind of wore off on me for you know like over time when I was just starting to go and like, well, if this is bullshit, is this also bullshit? And like, you finally get to those, you know, very hard questions. Like, what do you think, you know, in terms of this and everything around you? Like, what's the, I'll tell you what, man, uh, that psilocybin that unlocked all that shit. Like, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That, that and some super high doses of THC. Like, I mean, it's been like, it's one of those things where, you know, when you talk about people who are travelers, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, people that are going in, like into something to you know go in and be still and conquer a whole lot of things man and i mean it's it's a trip like in a, like not in a not in a bad way if you're prepared for them mm -hmm. yeah i actually was uh was down in your state when uh, when this all started uh i was helping my friend move to from georgia to colorado and so i was just at their like house it just just in the mountains in like northern Georgia, just like yeah. middle of fucking nowhere, just <laughs> dropping. Probably <acid>. neighbors. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just and and yeah, just those very very long in depth conversations about like okay, well, why do you believe that? And they were they were so good. Um, Mary, uh, Livy, and Dimitri McKay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I actually just had Livy on the show a couple days ago, but. Uh, it was just they were so good about it with like trying not to break my brain uh and so i'm very thankful for that but really it was it was easy because i didn't i didn't switch from like oh i know this to be true to i know this to be true it was really just figuring out that like i know nothing to be true and i'm kind of cool with that yeah man like seriously like you're you're a human being the idea that you should know everything or have an opinion on everything it's just bullshit man like it's so narcissistic of the human condition like it's just it, that's how we are man we're like oh i got an opinion on it. like dude you've never drove a bulldozer in your life what the fuck are you talking about like you know like let's let's leave it to the bulldozer guys over there <laughs> it's, it's, hashtag all of liberty twitter <laughs> it's like 
that's one of my biggest problems with libertarians, yeah. though, in, in all reality, is that because we haven't answered every problem, we all all have this habit of trying to have the answer to every problem. And it's like, no, like just, you know, I, Scott Horton's not out here trying to like get into the deep philosophical conversations about um, like ec economic policy or, uh, or like fucking environmental policy or social, like uh, social programs or anything like that. Criminal right. justice reform, anti-war. That's it. Yeah. That's what he knows about. That's what he knows more than almost anybody else about. And that's why he's so fucking good at it. And all Spoiler these people. Strengths. Yeah. All these people with like 150 followers on Twitter think that they're going to solve all the world's problems themselves. And it's, it's like, bro. <laughs> yeah. You got to learn. Like, I'll tell you, what, I, I had to learn it the tough way. And I still get caught sometimes. And somebody will be like, well, what about this? Right. Like, what about this? And you start getting into those damn details. And you're like, hey, brother. You gotta, you just gotta, gotta step back for a second and be like, listen, you know, your lack of imagination and, and really, you know, my, my poor luck with genetics in terms of like brain capacity, like we're going to figure out some smaller things over here. We're going to let some other of those guys out there with the 12 pound brains figure out, you know, some of the, the bigger problems and guess what? They're going to be rewarded by the free market for it. So let's not, let's not get, you know, all up in a tizzy about, oh, well, who's going to do this? Somebody who is dealing with that problem on a daily basis is going to find a way or somebody who sees a pile of money just sitting there because they can do it cheaper, better and revolutionize something in 2021, man. Like, let's let those people go out there and do their genius stuff, man. Like, it's it's not up to us to solve all the problems. That's not that's not how we're here. That's not why we're here. We're here for one thing, and that's whatever your passion is in liberty. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That like that's the entire point of libertarianism is that the government can't solve all your problems. We we've never once offered up the hypothesis or the resolution that not government solves all your problems either. <laughs> right? Like you're not just going to like torch the fucking capital building and then all of a sudden everyone's free and happy and the free market works perfectly and no one's dying or sick or hungry or anything. No yeah, one we believes don't promise. that. Yeah, we don't promise utopia, man. We what we promise you is that the government, the biggest murder cult there is, isn't going to point their guns at you anymore. That's our promise, right? Like they're doing that, they're wrong. Unless you've unless you've taken somebody else's rights and trampled, trespassed them, like that's not what we're about. You you leave everybody else alone, we'll leave you alone, and everybody from the government, if there is such a thing, even if it's the smallest one there is, they're not pointing their damn guns at you. Right. Exactly. And that's yeah, like you said, that's that's really all we're promising. And I think that's why we get labeled as like uh that we don't care about people. Because it's like, we're not arguing for a utopia. We don't think that that's really possible through government force or electoral politics. Like, yep. that's it's just not a thing that we believe in. So it's like, yeah, of course we're going to sound like assholes compared to Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is out here trying to think that, you know, we're just going to have free everything and everyone's going to be able to smoke all the weed they want and learn all the things and have all the computers and the phones and free Wi-Fi and free everything. And then everyone's just going to live happily ever after. We're not stupid. So we're not trying to sell people this false narrative of, of a utopia that's literally not possible. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you look at these guys that want to swaddle the entire damn nation and you're like guys man you're you're 
you're never going to see the end result of this because you're already old as hell, right? Like, I mean, Bernie Sanders is, he's what, pushing mid seventies already. And you're just like, you, you, you make these promises. We don't have the money to do it. Um, you're going to do it on the backs of other people. You're still going to take taxes when you can print money out of thin air. Like I, none of this stuff is going to work out. And in the end, you know, you've pushed your problems off on your children. That's the thing. Like, I don't know, David, like as a dad now, it's like, that's the last thing in the world that I want for my kids to inherit. You know, it's like, if I don't go down swinging on this, then I have failed my kids. Like if I don't give it every ounce of effort I have, I failed. Mm -hmm. I've failed as a father. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. I don't even have kids and I couldn't imagine wanting like, oh, well, that's the next generation's problem. So, you know, this is, this is our generation's problem. It was, it was our parents' problem really uh and they just passed it off to us and now we've got to fix it because isn't that weird like isn't it weird the fucking (laughs) Vietnam generation like like i don't know how old your parents are my my parents were old enough for for vietnam barely and like it's like guys you saw fifty thousand americans in countless vietnamese viet cong cambodian you name it you saw all these people get slaughtered for years and you're going to turn around and be part of the administrations for the forever wars like fuck you guys man like it's crazy yeah yeah i i really will never understand it my grandparents were in korean vietnam uh my dad was in desert storm and uh like even my dad it's it's kind of fucking weird it's like uh you know thankfully he never saw combat so he's not quite as like you know radicalized as some of my other friends who are who are uh ex-military libertarians (laughs) yeah (laughs) right uh yeah i mean uh so there's i'm thankful for that because you know i don't know I don't know that he would have taken to it the same way that some of my other friends did and, you know, might not have turned it into so much of a positive thing, but you know, his, his dad is messed up. His, his brother is messed up. Like there's so much of, of my extended family. Like I'm the first male in my family, like through all of the branches of the family tree for like six generations to not go into the military. Like it's insane. Smartest one yet. Right. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, because like half of them. Oh, I lost. No, I'm, you're good. You're oh, good. There we go. Uh, yeah, like half of them literally didn't even like finish school, and that's why they went into the military. It's like, yeah. and then and then they try to lecture me as like why I'm the stupid one in the family. It's like I'm the first one to graduate high school. Fuck off. Oh, well, wow. Not, not quite. Not quite. I mean, my dad's got a bachelor's, but his dad didn't graduate high school. And yeah. and same throughout most of the that family tree. It's like, but I'm the crazy stoner, dumbass libertarian that doesn't know what I'm doing. And my grandpa literally went on a rant last time they were they were up that, you know, I'm I'm killing people because I'm working for a marijuana legalization pack. And it's Oh like, wow. Golly. Fuck off I, i'll tell you what man i don't know how old your grandparents are but like my grandparents like kind of came into uh i guess their teenage years in the in the 1930s when they were going through all that kind of stuff and they're like you guys are full of shit man like you know like it, it was it's 
yeah, my grandparents are like nowhere. early eighties. So, uh, so yeah, they're, they were, they were teenagers after the propaganda set in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the fact that again, that generation in power now hasn't repealed every cannabis and psilocybin law and everything else. You're just like, you guys were part of the hippie movement for God's sakes. And you know, that it's all bullshit. Like, God, I don't know, man. You know, what do they call it? The, uh, the greatest generation. And there's the, they're the worst fucking generation. Uh, that's gotta be sarcastic. Like that's a parody title, right? Like fuck. Oh, with, uh, with the greatest generation. Yeah. That's gotta be a parody title. It's gotta be. There's well, no way somebody actually believed that one. Well, that's what mainstream has to do, right? They have to lie. They have to, they have to control the narrative through lies and everything else. And you know, they call them the greatest generation because they were taken hostage as slaves of the government and made to do the government's bidding in World War World War II, man. Like, you're sitting there going like, man, the greatest generation? Why? Because they let you enslave them into a world war? Like, that's it? That's why they're the greatest generation? Or they're the greatest generation because they bought into the New Deal? Is that why they're the greatest generation? Like, they, these have all been terrible, terrible decisions, uh, you know, that that generation allowed happened to America. And I don't know, man, like... <laughs> I love my grandparents. I think, you know, I, when I look back on, you know, quote unquote, the Americana during that age, it's, it's something that I shouldn't, you know, like I should look back and love, but the more and more I look back on it, I'm just like, God damn, man, it was even, a, it was a lie then it was a lie. The whole time was a lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's very, you know, we're talking about religion kind of breaking your brain when you walk away from it. That doesn't compare to how many of these, like, the amount of times Alex Jones has been right. Let's just yeah. say it that way. <laughs> right? Like, like, agreeing that maybe Jesus wasn't the son of, of God is completely, like, pales in comparison to human monkey chimeras. Like, it's just... <laughs> They're turning the frogs gay or 9-11 or fucking yeah. the weapons of mass destruction or COVID or any of this other bullshit that they've spewed at us. It's like, you, you're telling me the man in the clouds isn't real? Okay, that's fine. I can accept that one. That's pretty easy. And we're seeing that now. The fucking government is like, oh, yeah, aliens are real. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, okay. That's just, that just yeah. that fits. We know we owe motherfuckers, right? Like, I mean, here's 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 the other thing, though, right? Like, uh, when, when this whole alien thing, this is this has gotten stuck with me a little bit because years ago, when they uh, Bob Murphy and Tom Woods used to do uh, counter recruitment, right? Mm -hmm. They had a show, and I remember where I was, man. Like, I was in Canada at the time. I was listening to this show, and I was so taken back with the idea that Paul Krugman and the the economists uh, in the Obama administration were floating the idea of a alien, a mock alien invasion to spur the economy, to pick up the economy. And you're sitting there going like, no way, man. Like, is it, are you, are you fucking, are, you guys are, you're kidding me. I had to go look it up and sure as shit, man, they did the episode um and they weren't kidding around like the, the this that's how bad keynesianism is like they they will fake a 
fucking alien invasion. You think they haven't faked everything else, but I don't know about you. I I believe I believe there's extraterrestrial life out there, uh, and it's probably been here, and, and maybe we're even being farmed by them, right? Like we, we we're getting to that point where man, maybe they're around, and maybe they're they're coming anyway to to clean up house a little bit because we've we've kind of gone astray. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we all we we really just live in a simulation anyway, right? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right, here's the thing. Who, I don't right. know. I, right. I, I'm that libertarian that's going to go, you know what, man? I don't know. Seeing seeing what AI can do and track and predict in terms of everything that it knows about you, man, like, I don't know. Maybe. Man, at I some point. It. I love it. At some point, human beings picked up these little things that had microphones and cameras and inclinometers and started, you know, carrying them around everywhere they went. And I don't know, maybe it all got recorded. Maybe it all got, you know, into an algorithm. Maybe you are an algorithm of somebody else's past life. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not an impossibility. It's yeah. just, I don't know, man, crazy shit. But here's the thing is, I don't care. I st- and this algorithm, if that's what it and is, this- I still want to be free. Where's the, where's the freedom algorithm, right? Like, how do I, how do I jack into other people's right. algorithm? and update their code so that they go, oh, guess what? I don't have to be binary anymore. I don't have to choose this or that. I, I can actually choose amongst a, a lot of things or make up my own shit. Like, mm-hmm. those are the human beings that I that I need to, to be around, right? How do I update yep. your code? Yep. If this is a simulation, my purpose in it is to prove that freedom is real. Like that we that we it can be achieved and that that human like the anarchy can exist peacefully. Like that's that's the reason that I was put into the simulation. If it is one. That's the it's the decision hey, I've I, come to. I'm with you, man. That's absolutely like if, if that's if that's what it is, yep, sign me up, man. I am nice. I'm running the algorithm right now. And you know what? It, it's been pretty cool for me. It's been, you know, like I can, th- there's this idea that I've been kicking around for a long time. Like, you know, it, being tribalistic in America and the divides and all that kind of stuff. If you can walk between tribes, you're an asset to your tribe and the other person's tribe, right? And if you can talk, you know, both their language and respect both their cultures and, you know, do things and bring them together and show them that, hey, man, you guys aren't all that different. You got a lot of humanity. You guys may do some things differently, but hey, it doesn't matter. That's all cool. Just be cool with them. They'll be cool with you. Like to be that person, that's what I really want, man, is like, how do I go and I walk from tribe to tribe to tribe and just go, hey, listen, I know those guys over there at BLM. Most of them aren't, you know, the, the head shed. Most of them are the guys, you know, like us. They just live in a different part of town. They've had a different human experience. That's it. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I marched. I, I did a decent amount of marching with them, and uh, and actually, there's a couple of like kind of sister organizations in New York City that I've done a lot more work with, like uh, No New mm-hmm. Jails and Decrim NY, and there's there's a whole bunch of those groups. And like when I ran for city council in 2019, that's where most of my support came from. That's where most of my fundraising came from. That's where all almost all my canvassers came from. Like they were all fucking communists, like loud, outspoken, self-identified communists. They they be- fully believed that capitalism was the root of all evil. But when they heard someone come in and say, well, I am running to fix this shit. And one of the first things that I'll do 
is get rid of all uh, like corporate subsidies, starting with the fossil fuel industry that's coming out of New York City. They were like, oh, wait, really? You're going to do what? Tell me more. Yeah. That, like, that's all I needed was that. And they were already pretty fucking down. And then I got to talking about, like, oh, yeah, and like completely uh, decriminalized sex work. We shouldn't legalize it because that just creates a new black market because it's government controlled. And they were like, yeah, yep, down with you there. <laughs> I'm like, all drugs should be legalized, not just, uh, not just cannabis. They're like, yep down down with you there too and it's just like yeah there's just so many fucking things that we agree with so many people on it's like what whether you want to trade or share in the end is not fucking important <laughs> yep no you're you're right and it's uh it, it's funny to see uh you know more of this roll out too and that's the thing is like it, it if you can approach this, it's kind of the Horton principle again to bring Scott back into this. You know, as you go at the right from the right and the left from the left, like, I mean, the, the people on the right, they believe in the in, in the free market. They call it the black market, but they believe in the, the black market of gun trade, right? It's like, hey, guys, you got to believe in that in terms of cannabis and in, in, in drugs. Like, you, mm -hmm. those things are, are natural parts of the human life. And hey, you guys, you you liberals, progressives, whatever the fuck you are, like, hey man, I know you're down with drugs, and I, you know, you participate in the in the market of those things, right? Wouldn't it be cooler if it was out in the open? Well, guess what? It'd be cooler if everything you know was was done that way with guns too. You guys got to be cool, man. Like, mm -hmm. and explain to them, like, hey man, there's 500 million guns we talk about in America. Most of them never ever kill anybody. That's yeah. how you know you don't have a problem. Like we don't, mm -hmm. we don't have a drug problem. You know, there is we we we've got a spiritual problem in the United States. You know, that's that's the thing is we've got a we we've been cut off from our pineal glands. We've been cut off from shaman. We've been cut off from our you know our friends and our family because of these these goddamn lockdowns. And it's one of those things where if they can keep you isolated, like isolation is a torture technique. They teach it to you in special operations when you when you go through seer school, right? Like when you go through seer school, you're isolated. You are told things by other people and like there's telephone and all, like all this kind of stuff. That's what they They've done for the last year they've isolated people which is a form of torture and then they've got into their minds and their psyche and now you see all these mental breaks drug use through the roof uh you know drug overdose through the roof and on top of it you've got suicide through the roof mm -hmm. it's just it, it's crazy yeah yeah a hundred percent and i i love what you were talking about like uh attacking the left from the left and the right from the right uh, another one of my favorite ones to confuse people is when we're talking about privatizing the police force with right wingers, mm -hmm. it's like you guys want school choice, right? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why is why is private education better than public? Yeah. Why do, you why do want... all the big politicians send their kids not to public school? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and all, almost all people, like all good Republicans, understand the concept of school choice. They know the arguments. They really they can articulate it. And if you you press them on it, play devil's advocate for a second, they'll lay out the entire fucking argument for a privatized police force without realizing it. And it's so great. 
It's it's my new favorite thing. Dude, I convinced somebody the other day, speaking of uh, t- you know that argument for privatizing the police, like I had this person who was like, I don't think we can do it. And sh- she, uh, to be fair, she's uh, she's part of the, the local uh, Cherokee County uh, Libertarian group that we just set up. And, uh, you know, it was a it was a fun conversation. And I was like, I was like, do you like going to Chick-fil-A? And she's like, I love Chick-fil-A. I was like, think about if Chick-fil-A ran the police department. Are you satisfied with your service? Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, I mean, those guys work their ass off to make sure that their customers are not only happy, but had a amazing experience with their organization. That's mm-hmm. who I want in charge of the police departments. I want Chick-fil-A. I want <laughs> the people at Chick-fil-A to revolutionize policing mm-hmm. here in the South. Right. And it's not like the cops in the South aren't already homophobic, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'll tell you what. Uh yeah, it's uh I don't give a shit the chicken's good. Like Yeah, chick chicken's great. I don't give a shit, man. Like it, it's there's crack that even they, they've got it on limited supply. They don't do shit on Sunday like you know what? Cops take a day off, you know, once in a while. Like take a damn day off. We don't need you. Like you should be responding to a few things that are real real heinous. And outside of that, just stay at this the precinct stay where you are we don't need you out here you're reactive force Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i'm really being encouraged by how many people how many people are waking up to the uh to the actual causes of the problems rather than just the problems because like we've known about police police brutality has been a conversation since like early 2010, like even early two thousands, they were, I mean, it's been a conversation for a while, but you know, Eric Garner, that was like 2011, right? Yeah. Something like that. You know, it's, it's been a minute. Right. Uh, but it's just been like, ah, oh, fuck the police, fuck the police. All cops are bastards, which I mean, I will say all cops are bastards. Pretty it's often very online. It is actually right down my lane, man. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't pick up with fuck the police earlier. Right. Like, <laughs> But here's the thing is like I've like I had this great meeting like one of my my a guy I consider a brother. He had this run in with the, the local PD down here. They pulled him over driving well black brand new, you know, Lincoln Navigator. Right. And the, it, it was a, it was a stop for no reason. No ticket. No warning. No nothing. They made him prove his innocence. And I was I was on the phone with him at the time. And I was like, this is bullshit. So I called up the mayor. I called up the chief. Uh, I recorded the conversation. And because of what the chief said and then did in terms of hanging up on me and recoiling from the fact that they had really fucked up, the the mayor had me into his office, also a Marine and pretty liberty minded. And now we are changing what they're doing. Right. And that's I have to like I if there's anybody that can understand like how indoctrinated you can get from school and from the military and from college and from whatever the state has their hands into you for it's like it's me and i was like listen man i don't want your officers heads on pikes i want to change policy i don't give a damn man like i don't care if we make news i don't care what we're doing i want these people to be free to travel and he was like you know what cool let's write the proclamation let's you know let's set it down and this is going to be my issued order to the police force here in holly springs i was like Dude, this is kick ass. This was just last Friday. This is what you can do. Awesome. That's amazing. I mean, it's like, you know what? As much as I can't stand what the fuck those guys are doing out there, driving and murdered out cars and everything else in terms of, you know, violating your rights, there's still hope for them if we can reach their humanity, man. Mm-hmm. And I mean, 
we you can. You just got to be a good enough salesman, I think, and 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 mean it. Like talk about grand jurors and shit. They hate that. Like talk about the grand jury. <laughs> That'll get their attention. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it's very easy to write people off as unhelpable when you don't want to put in the work to help them. You know, we do the same thing with racists. We do the same thing with neocons. We do the same thing with communists. It's like, oh, they're too far gone. No, you just don't want to put in the work. Like, that's yeah. it. That's all it is. Um, you know, I don't know how many people that I've talked to in the last few years in the liberty movement and outside that, you know, used to be like straight up, like not, not sarcastic, not hyperbolic, like straight up racist, fucking hated people of the of opposite j- races. Like, just where do you just, find those people? I fuck. I grew up in upstate New York in like the white trashiest fucking place on earth. Like I grew, I grew up in one of those families that like locked their doors when they drove through the black part of town, when we drove through Syracuse, like I grew up pretty fucking racist myself and a bunch of my friends did too. And it's like, then I moved to Brooklyn and Syracuse and have traveled the world and the country. And I've met a whole bunch of people and the idea of, of thinking anything about someone based off of the, the how much of a tan they had, but when they came out, like just doesn't fucking make sense to me anymore. But I understand if you've never met people who aren't white, like it's really easy to just like listen to rap music and and watch a few bad movies and be like, oh, this is how this culture is. And you know, it's the same internationally. Like we have pretty fucked up ideas of what like Russia looks like. <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful. Most of it. Right. I, I think it's funny, man, because I've always had this hypothesis. Like my family's from Michigan. Right. And, you know, I grew up down here in Georgia in the South, like in the eighties and nineties. And there were a couple, you know, a couple guys that were very, very racist, right? Like very racist. I wasn't friends with them. And I guarantee you, they didn't hang around, you know, the groups of people that I hung around with because people were done with that kind of shit. They're like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, just because he's got some melanin in his skin, like, or he speaks a different language or whatever, you're going to separate them. Like, I, I, there were some, I mean, I, I will say, you know, th- those group of people uh, that, you know, I grew up with. They weren't having that kind of stuff, and you know, it's good on them too, because I think you know it was it was still a changing time in the South. But boy, mm-hmm. I, I see that stuff. I have seen that stuff in other places. The Northeast, I've seen you know more of the the racism up there than I ever was exposed to here. Oh in the yeah, South. and I almost think there's like some projection, you know, from those areas like California or you know whatever is you know the, the Northeast. The, like I don't see that in the Midwest, you know. I don't see it in in the South. You know, there are some people who have done it. Don't get me wrong, to a really, really bad degree. But for the most part, man, I don't see that stuff around here. Yeah, yeah, I I hundred percent agree that it's projection, a lot of it, and like in the Midwest, there's not that much diversity, so people aren't really. They're just not worried about. It. Like it's just not on their mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the South, it's it's been pretty mitigated and it's pretty chill. In in like the Northeast and the 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 West Coast, it's everywhere. It's everything. It's 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 all of your identity has to do with like, and and it's also more segregated. 
like if you're talking about geography, like if you just walk through Brooklyn, there are streets that make the dividing line between all the black people are over here and all the yeah, white the- people are over here and all the Jews are over here, all the Puerto Ricans are like, like it's crazy the amount of just like straight up lines that there are through New York the City. Balkanization, it's like small balkanization <laughs> is what it is. Right. It's 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 insane. And then because it's like that, we talk about it like that, and it's like, oh yeah, I was down in the Puerto Rican neighborhood early, and you know that's just like how you fucking talk, and the, like race becomes everything, and it's impossible to create tribalization and then not prefer yours. Oh, first, yeah, a hundred percent, yeah. It, it, oh, we're we're picking teams. I guess. Well, I guess I by default I have to be on this team. It's really. I mean, so it's such a low brain human activity to think that way. It's right. Golly. Yeah. Like, can we can we have some nuance? Can we just can we just pause for a second and maybe think that may, this this person doesn't have to be the cookie cutter? I, I'll tell you what, man, I think it was the design of a lot of progressives that, you know, were extremely racist people. Right. Like you're talking like the, the Fabian socialists, like Fabian socialism is where progressive comes from. Right. And so w- when you understand that these people were like genetic scientists and doctors, like people from, you know, the, 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 the you know, Germany that literally came over here, like Fabian, no shit. Fabian socialists are some of the racist people in the world. And I think what they started to do was started to adopt a culture and then turn it. Right with their with their influence, with their power, with their messaging, with their you know th- their murder cult tools. Like that's what they did. They said, "Yep, you know what? We got it. Now we're going to steer it to what we will accept out of this culture." And here we are in 2021, and you got dipshits like that dumb blonde out there in California telling black men how they should and shouldn't act. It's like, mm-hmm. God damn it! Like, <laughs> do you not see it? Yep. Yeah, you you have one of two options when you create that tribalization. You either become racist for your like in the normal sense and and like pick your team or you become some self-hating moron like that bitch. And it's like like yeah, and there there really aren't any other options. Like you are either this like obnoxious like anti-racist and I that 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 term means a whole bunch of things that I shouldn't have even said it. Uh, like that that just you know prioritizes the fact that like oh well I help black people and I have a black friend and one time oh, I gave this I gave this black person a ride in my car once and it's like <laughs> and they make it they make it all about that and it's like holy fuck please shut up. Uh, th- those are your only options. You either are that, or you end up becoming someone who who ends up a little bit reactionary to that and gets labeled like I'm sure you have as some like and and I know I have plenty of times as some like white supremacist that like because I care about traditional values and like I like my family heritage and like you know I I speak German every once in a while and like I still like some tasteless flavorless food. Uh, <laughs> you like the taste of sadness? I do. Dude, I got a gr- uh, my, my mom's German. I get it. Like it, <laughs> potatoes and, uh, and and really maybe some uh some casserole or hot dish with, you know, maybe a little bit of salt on it. You're like, fuck, this is terrible. How, how did how did the British conquer the entire fucking globe in the search for spices and then not use a single goddamn one of them? 
Oh, I was talking about, I think I was talking about that with Zuby or somebody the other day, man. I was just like, are you kidding? Like, if there's anything worse than German food, it's British food. It is lifeless. And in, in, I mean, if, if sad had a flavor, it's the United <laughs> Kingdom, man. Like, that's, that's what it is. If sad had a flavor, I love it. Oh my gosh, yeah, I, I, I won't, I won't ever really get that one. But now, now you're down in the south where they actually like can cook, uh, at least somewhat. Yeah, no, I mean, you know what? It's it's funny the the amount of culture here in Metro Atlanta. I mean, uh, you know, I've I've traveled the world over, you know, and over again, and thank God because what I've found in other places is people know how to cook, and I mean, like to share how they cook and. Boy, you start adopting those things, or you you know you you run around, especially like I I got to run around Singapore for a while, and they had this stuff called laksa, and it's one of my favorite dishes in the entire world, and you couldn't find it for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know what? You just gotta you know go down to the right you know the right areas down here, like Shambly, uh, to the H Mart, and man, they've got your laksa paste and and all the ingredients that you could possibly need for and then some and you know it's just go in get on get over your uncomfortableness like nobody there hates you well maybe somebody but it doesn't matter like go in there and 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 and, and find these things out and that's i'm not talking atlanta is a great city for food man mm-hmm. it's it's interesting that you uh you mentioned like you know just just get over it nobody there hates you it's like that that weirdness and awkwardness that we feel going into those stores. It's like, yeah, that's how they feel when they walk out of the store. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like, that's what being a minority feels like. Welcome to like 10 minutes of experiencing what some people lived their entire lives as. Yeah. Just go smile at people, man. That's, I, I mean, that's opened more doors for me. I mean, if you just go and act like you belong and you smile and you try, like you try to maybe grab a couple words, the, the, the greeting of the day, the, 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 the you know, the, the, the salutations at the end of a, a day, trying to use different types of utensils, trying their food, trying whatever it is, man. It's just like, go, go try. Go mm-hmm. do, and thank God for my dad, man. Like my dad was always like, just go do it, go try it. Like you, you can say you don't like it later, but you're gonna do this. And right. I, you know, sometimes kicking and screaming, but you know what? It taught me how to try, man. It made it a habit, and it's just like, yep. You no, know, those people over there, they're probably good people, even if they think they hate you. Maybe you can, you know, crack that damn stone heart of theirs, and uh, and and maybe introduce them to something that they've been missing out on all these years, maybe their entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my one of my favorite quotes growing up uh, was from a, a actually a parkour guy uh, Ryan, not Ryan. I'm gonna Ryan Doyle. I almost said Ryan Dawson because I've been talking about him too much lately. Uh, Ryan Doyle did a video where he was uh, he was at a, a like open air mart in China and he and he said, uh, "I'll try anything once, twice if I like it." <laughs> and that was like in my Facebook bio for like five years I, I i lived by that quote and not just in food and just like everything because yeah like, how do you how do you know that you don't like that thing it looks ugly and disgusting but it probably tastes good so try it like how do you yeah. know that you aren't going to be able to be friends with that person like go have a conversation they're an asshole all right walk away it's fine like you didn't lose anything you lost 20 minutes big deal you know that job looks hard but you know, you can probably, you can probably do, do some, have some fun, learn some shit. Like 
earn some money and, and meet some people. It's like, yeah, let's just go do it. Yeah. And repairing the past too, like holding on to anger for it's, it's not healthy, right? Like, you know, to, to be able to kind of bury some things, especially if the other person wants to bury some things like that you have that that moment in 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 life where you can sit there and suck it up as nervous as you might be about even doing it and and you know like i, I had to do it this past weekend man like we were at a jiu-jitsu tournament and one of the referees out there uh you know who i didn't know from adam he he had a bad call in one of my son's matches is very competitive you know you know how hard your kid works and i was like what and he starts like you know saying some stuff to me and i was like i don't you know like i I was belligerent to him i was like i don't you know i don't really care you know you've made a bad call and it's bullshit and so anyway you know two two years later man i I walked up to him i said you probably don't remember me from adam man like you probably have no idea who i am but i was a belligerent parent once that didn't understand the sport of jujitsu and i thought it was all about winning and not about what's going on with your kid in between his ears because I wasn't doing it. I wasn't rolling. I wasn't doing this kind of stuff. And I just wanted to say, Hey man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the assholes out there that, you know, will call you on a long day. You're not getting paid Jack to be out here to referees, like go out and apologize to somebody. Maybe uh, it'll make their day. Maybe it changes some things. Maybe it, it brings people together. I mean, at least you tried. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, there it I- goes again. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love tech, man. There we go. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, that's. I was excited to do that uh, last weekend in PA. You know, there was a mm-hmm. bunch of people there that have, you know, called me a Nazi or a, or a cuck or a blue pill, Lulbert or all sorts of different things that it's I've amazing been how how many things you can be, isn't it? Right. That one really it it is the most it is the most fun part about being a uh, part of the unity thing is like I. I am both an alt-right Nazi simp because Dave Smith came on my show, but I am also a blue-pilled cuck commie fakertarian because I was on their show on Saturday. And Time to fun. get over it, people. It's Time fun. to get over it. <laughs> oh, my Own gosh. It. Own it. It's all you can do, man. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, there was a whole bunch of people that had called me both sides of those names there last weekend, and I got to smoke weed with them and and have a good time and kind of break down a bunch of those those fucking bullshit narratives because because it's all misinformation like obviously i'm not none of those things right it's not like any of them are accurate it's not like oh you one of one of these teams really gets me and the other one is like no like these people are 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 idiotic if they think that i'm any of those things and it it doesn't take (laughs) very long to it's m- Ayn Rand, right? Like, no, man, I'm in this for me. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding, but you, mm-hmm. get, you get my drift, yeah. right? Like, at, at the end of the day, man, if you, if we're dividing up, uh, I'm still going vi- to divide down to the, the lowest common denominator, and that's the individual, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's let's keep it, you know, at that level, and uh, let's not get too groupy. It's, uh, it's, right. it's groupy stuff. Yeah, my favorite is when people uh, people are like, oh, the Mises Caucus is playing you. It's like, how? How am I getting played? Right. Like, I'm not giving them anything. I'm not even a member. Like, you guys haven't even got a single fucking dime out of me. 
Uh, I got into the event for free because I was with free speech media. Like I, none of nothing, nothing has been given from me to the Mises caucus in any sort of, of way. All I do is have, we're going to get you. (laughs) It's coming. I guarantee you. Uh, I'm sure it is. I've, I I've talked to to my state coordinator a little bit. She she really she's been on my ass for a while, but I'm moving, so uh, she can't have me. Uh, it's still in the air, but most likely uh, Oklahoma City. Oh wow, that's crazy. Why yeah. Oklahoma City? Uh, well, there is a there's a a certain state chair there that um, might be running for something. Right on. Man. <laughs> That's about all I'm allowed to say on live yet. That's <laughs> right, all good, man. Sorry to put you on your on the spot. No, of your you're own good. Show, but uh, hey, maybe your listeners want to know. Yeah, I mean, most of them. Mo- uh, actually, yeah, Kevin Hobby is uh, is entertaining. Uh, or it's it's almost 100 percent at this point. He's running for uh, for mayor of Oklahoma City this year. So cool. we're, I'm going to be out there helping that and. Then uh, I'm I'm excited about what's going on out there. I just had Todd on the show last night, actually, yeah. and he's he's awesome. I I'm fucking fired up about what's happening in the movement right now. Like there are too many amazing people doing amazing things who are finally like finding their place. Uh, they were stretched thin, and they finally like found the thing, and, mm-hmm. and they're able to focus on it. Uh, we have like seven or eight different like national teams of people coalescing behind a couple of of powerhouses that are just doing fucking work all over the place. Like we have like six packs now. Two Crazy, years, right? three th- in twenty sixteen, there was one pack supporting Gary Johnson, and it wasn't even a libertarian one. Right <laughs> now, we have yeah. people for liberty. We've got Take Human Action. We've got the Frontier Project. Like we have uh, the Supreme Institute. Like there are so many different things out there just pushing liberty and there's more coming and it's just like yeah uh, i'm excited i'm really excited yeah and that's the thing is you know for for you know guys like david you know if if, if people that see this kind of stuff you know if we could that's my ultimate goal is turn this all into industry turn liberty into an industry so when people get comfortable they get comfortable in liberty and this kind of shit doesn't happen for generations like mm-hmm. that's that's what it's got to be is how do we employ you know these these people who are the fighters who are the administrators who are you know the the the, the people who are going to keep and protect and look after liberty man it's, i mean that's this mm-hmm. is all it's got to be libertarians doing libertarian shit magnus <laughs> <laughs> fucking love that dude uh, yeah, i can't yeah. believe you got fucking deep platforming the other day man it's, this is bullshit. Everything he touches glows. That's just the thing. That's what <laughs> That's happens right. when you're one of the world's most dangerous people. The sorry, the internet's most dangerous people. That's in right. 2020. Yeah, you, you, you got a guy with a with, with a what LBG GQ flag and a bullet bouncer talking about how we we should all be m- more liberty-esque right like that is the Mm -hmm. scariest thing in the world for the murder cult as someone who's been on a zoom call with him while tripping while he was cleaning his ar with the colorful flags in the background it is scary actually (laughs) that was that was by far one of the 
Oh, that was one of by, that was by far some of the coolest visuals I've had though. Was just like all of the colors, and he had like a Hawaiian shirt on, and his fucking beard was doing all weird shit. It was it was, it was a fun time. <laughs> I bet it was. Let's see. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was uh, that was a little while ago. It's been too long. Um, but yeah, I. I'm excited. There, there are multiple like really strong candidates coming forward for next year that I'm excited about. I mean, you have two statewide candidates in Georgia mm-hmm. that, and I love you both. Like, you guys are I two of my favorite it. people. Like, it's uh, it funny, man. Is we went to we went to high school at the same high school. Really? Yeah, man. Uh, we, we were sitting up on stage uh, when we were, you know, at the Libertarian Convention in 2018, I guess, uh, or. 2020 going into 2020 um golly feels like forever ago anyway yeah man so we're sitting up there and we're waiting for a quorum to be assembled after you know it's kind of a shit show in terms of like votes and everything was kind of messed up so we're up there for like 25 minutes just hanging out and like kind of just got into this conversation we're just like where'd you grow up (laughs) said me too man What, what high school did you go to and sure as shit uh yeah chase uh he graduated uh just a, a couple years after i did Totally different backgrounds. That's hilarious. Yeah. Man. Well, uh, somebody did something either really great or really terrible in that fucking high school. To, to... <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, it, it, as far as, you know, uh, compulsory government indoctrina- indoctrination camps go, uh, it was a pretty loving place. Uh, you know, I don't think everybody was bought into the idea that, you know, every, everything should be as the uh, the administrators wanted it to be. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I am I actually got to finally meet Chase uh, last weekend as well. And uh, yeah, you guys have some really strong messaging. Both of you uh, targeted it to, at, at very different groups. And so yeah. so you guys covering the state together next year is going to I'm excited. Georgia did special, some weird man. shit last year. <laughs> but we got it. Here's the thing is, you know, with what happened down here, boy, I mean, I'll tell you, the, the the spotlight being on to be able to take that moment and blow it, you know, as big as we could and without any money, right? Like mm-hmm. zero money brought $200 million extra into the state because of a runoff or two runoffs down here. And to start having you know having people disaffect from both the dnc and the gop i mean i've been inundated ever since like things have been in hyperdrive and i'm just trying to figure out like all right what are the next steps what can you do what's the best roi every day for for what you're doing and i'll tell you you know this is this is some of the best roi there is Mm -hmm. yeah the the amount of press that you guys got down there like i was hearing I heard your name from like non-political people in New York because people were like, fuck that Shane Hazel motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) But you do know me. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. My favorite was that, uh, that picture that got leaked from the, the, the GOP meeting about like why they lost. You know, what's crazy (laughs) is that was my old hometown. Like that, I, that was the Georgia Tea Party or the the Forsyth County Tea Party. I recognize it because that was like one of the first places I ever gave a speech. First, like 
ever in in my political career, man. I was just like, yeah, you know what? And then you know to, to be up on their board for the reason why they lost. Like nowhere on there is there a shitty candidate in a list of fourteen bullet points. You're like, man, maybe that, maybe maybe include that next time, you dipshits. Like uh, maybe don't. Not. Maybe don't run the bitch that got caught insider trading off of the greatest like fucking mass murder scandal in the history of humankind. Like maybe yeah. don't run that bitch for re-election. Yeah, and not only that, but the guy that ran against me, I gave him my platform. It's like you want 115,000 votes to hear what you have to say, come over here and throw him a bone, man. Like I'm not telling you I'm going to endorse you, but I'll give you my audience for an hour. You want to pitch it? And then they sent Rand Paul on to talk to me, and he got destroyed. Not because I was mean, but because I was like, "Hey, man, what's the damn difference between the Republicans and the Democrats?" And he had to sit here and go, "There's not really a difference." But if the Republicans are in power, at least I have more sway in the Senate. And I was like, "That's your reason. That's your reason why I should endorse you know this guy David Perdue down here." Not going to happen, man. And then David was like, nah, I ain't coming on your show. It's not worth it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you think that's going to be how you're going to win an election is go tell the Liberty crowd of 115,000 votes that they're not worth sitting down for an hour and, and offering an olive branch. <laughs> and that's why you're not the senator anymore. So mm -hmm. that's the power, man, like to, to, to be able to grab that and start to push ideas you know, where we are about ending all the wars and the drug war and ending civil asset forfeiture and, you know, nonviolent crimes. Like, that's what we're going to, that's why we are bringing more and more people in is because they see it, they're sick of it. And, and it's a, it's the, it's going to be so cool when people realize, oh, yeah, hey, you know what? We can live together. We just don't need mm -hmm. these assholes out there dividing us. Right. Is there any, uh, was there any like second thoughts, uh, you know, when after the runoff happened and like and the the election results came in and you were like, "Holy shit, I did a thing." Was there was there any oh. like was was there was there some regret or? Nah, nah, no, no yeah. regret. Uh, and that's the thing is, honestly, I don't see a difference in John Ossoff and David Perdue. I don't see mm -hmm. a difference in Democrats and Republicans. It's more war. It's more spending. It's more debt. And it's less freedom. And it doesn't matter. None of them are fighters. The Republicans are cucks, controlled opposition, ball is jellyfish, right? Like, these guys suck. And, like, you've got people on, you know, the quote-unquote Democratic ticket that are fighters, Right. Like they're going in there because they believe what the fuck they're talking about. And by God, they're not going to be talked out of it most of the time. That's why we're in the position we're in. The, the guys on the Republican side are just controlled opposition at this point. Just like, well, yep. no, man, I don't give a damn one way or another. I'd rather have the fight now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if it wasn't for this weird like uh, uh, split, like tie in the Senate, then we wouldn't have Joe Manchin actually growing a pair. Which, yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan, but like, he got some balls more than most. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I mean, there are some fighters, you know, emerging. I mean, that's, you know, if there's one thing that Trump did well, it was not give, you know, two flying bucks, right? Like mm -hmm. that guy went out there and exposed a lot of what the, the the murder cult is in terms of the propaganda or what he called fake news. You know, he, he basically, you know, put the you know the the dod on notice a, a little bit you know he could have done way way more but you know he talked about you know the the, the never-ending wars and and tried 
you know, to I try. He he talked about getting us out of him, right? And and really, he was just an asshole. I'm not ta- saying everybody should be an asshole and not care. What I'm saying is, is you know, at least the guy gave off the appearance that he was a fighter, and I think people gravitate towards that kind of thing, man. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's people are people are kind of looking for people that are going to say, man, you know what? I've got a little bit of power, I've got a little bit of position, or a little bit of uh, following. I'm going to use that to go after these people that have destroyed mm-hmm. our our lives. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited for 22. I'm curious some of your feelings on 24, specifically the fairly apparent ticket of uh, Gates, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene seems to be a thing. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't think she's going to get out of Georgia next time. Um, she, she's, you know, she's a very, she's very outspoken. Um mm-hmm. But the problem is, is she doesn't have, she's, she's not well-read and I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I guess if you can get Donald Trump in there, you might be able to get, you know, Marjorie Taylor green, but, mm-hmm. oh man, I, no, I, I wouldn't, be, <laughs> like, I wouldn't be excited about that. You know, like, if you're looking at, if you're looking for a candidate to like kind of rip apart America, Marjorie Taylor Greene is your person, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's, there's no, like, I don't believe in compromising Liberty, but she doesn't believe Liberty, man. She believes in what she wants and sh- whatever her brand of yeah. conservatism is. It's Donald mm-hmm. Trump conservatism. Yep. It's not uniting for sure. Oh my gosh. I was watching, uh, I watched maybe the first five minutes of, of one of the, their speeches. Cause they just went on like a national tour together. Right. And, uh, I, I watched the I watched she her opening to one of them and I was I could only make it five minutes in. I had to walk away. She was just like Tap out, huh? she she started off with how many of you guys believe that Joe Biden actually won? That was like her opening line, basically. Um, Very like, galvanizing in, in, in that room, I imagine, like, oh, you know, yeah, they're all it's all that, you know, what they were talking about in 2016 when Trump won, you know, people yelling at the sky. You're like, mm-hmm. that's you guys. Go look in the mirror right now. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, she went off about how we need to ban abortion and that should be a priority. Like right out the gate. I was like, holy shit, you're terrible. And, and I was actually I don't mind Gates that much. He's actually one of my favorite congressmen because I think that he, uh, I don't agree with him on policy, but I agree with him on, on a decent chunk of like political philosophy. I think, you know, he swore off PAC funding. He's been pretty, pretty good on like, uh, on, on drugs. He's been pretty good on anti-war. He's been pretty good on the budget. Uh, you know, he's been, he's been, He's been principled to his stuff, even though I disagree with them. He's been pretty much the same from the jump and and has kind of a flair that I appreciated. When he picked Marjorie Taylor Greene to go on this tour with him, I was like, nope. Christy Noam? Maybe. Maybe. I would hate that ticket too, but I, I could understand it. That would, that would have given us hell as the liberty movement if we had like so. Yeah, Christy Noam would give the Liberty Movement. I mean, that's the thing is like, if it's Gates and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, I mean, the LP, you know, especially if it's Dave Smith up there, is going to have a field day with those people. Absolute field day, man. And I I, I don't know, man. I, th- I think it's, 
I think we're right for the picking in 2024. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, I don't know about you, but Gates, man, like, I don't know. I, I always think that the, the you know, the, the cult is going to, you know, basically go after crucify, find some type of like kitty porn or something on somebody's hard drive. Right. It kind of seems like their MO, you know, when they need to disparage somebody, they are like, Oh yeah. Hey, we found a hard drive and it's got some kid porn on it. And you're like, guys, come on every time. But I'll tell you what, man, Matt Gates he looks a little bit different these days, man. Like, have you seen? He looks like a character. He looks like this, you know, like he he was a pretty normal looking Floridian. And, you know, for, take that for what it's worth. But then you've got the, uh, you've got this new character that's emerged and he looks like a, you know, TV evangelist, right? And you're like, what happened? You know, like mm-hmm. something's going on here. It's almost like they want him to be more easily hateable, right? It's almost like it's scripted. Like, hey, man, you need to go and, and you need to bronze up a little bit. You need to take that hair and you need to make it more mm-hmm. characteristic, maybe lose a little bit of weight. Like, they do this kind of stuff in Hollywood. And the thing is, is those two places aren't divorced. Like, those no. two places are very incestuous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, they're like, hey, have you ever heard of Jersey Shore? Go watch, like... <laughs> three seasons of it and try to mimic everything that you saw there. Your yeah, no, I've ran over your ear. <laughs> you're a hundred, you're a hundred percent on point. Yeah. He, he was pretty decent like a year and a half ago when, uh, the HBO released a documentary called the swamp. Yeah. And, and in that, like, that's why I was a fan of his was watching that. I was like, he he comes off pretty fucking good in that, and I was like, you know, listening to him talk to Rokana about like anti-war bills, and I'm like, all right, all right, I can get behind this guy, and and like maybe if Trump is ousted, he'll like he'll maybe he'll like drop the shtick and kind of go back to where he was, and nope, but but yeah, it looks like I'm I'm very much looking forward to the prospect, the fairly likely looking prospect at the moment. Of Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene versus Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, man. Oh man, that's uh, that's scary, we would man. mop the fucking floor with them. It doesn't. We could run Justin. We can run Dave. We can run Vermin fucking Supreme and mop the floor <laughs> with them. We. <laughs> The thing is, is, you know, I I think I do think elections are rigged. I think they've always been rigged. But the the idea that, uh, yeah, Kamalas is one of the least likable people on the planet. Right. I mean, literally, no, the Democrats don't even like Kamala. Mm -hmm. She she was ushered in by a V, you know, by a VP ticket. And that's the only reason she's on the stage that she's on. Like, I, boy, what a. You know, this whole girl power and we're so, you know, you know, amazing with the first black female president. You're like, you guys are so full of shit. You don't like the, the way she got here even was some of I don't know, man, like I wouldn't want it for my daughter. I can tell you that. Right. You know, it's like yeah. I don't know where I don't know where that line in the sand is, you know, in terms of, you know, being a, a I don't know. I, I hate to disparage people who work in the sex industry. Right. Like. This woman is not that. Like she's way worse because she's pretending she's not, right? Like right. this woman has paid for things with her body 
and you know receive political favor for it and you're just they're like this is this is what the left is showing their you know their their kids and their daughters is an amazing woman well boy the omission of history is pretty bad there oh yeah yeah and and just saying that makes you a sexist because oh you can't say that she like slept her way to the top because that's not fair and like she earned it's like no this it's an objective truth on this one like i i am that it is a very common accusation to be made of very good women i mean fuck i heard it of tulsi it was like oh i wonder i wonder who she fucked to get into congress and it's like no so like i understand people's like quick reaction to like to shoot down that narrative for kamala Mm -hmm. i understand it because most of the time it's false i agree with you absolutely this time it's not she's a fucking whore like (laughs) like, it's just not let's 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 be you know let's let's, that's what i was saying let's be honest about people who do sex work man like that's yeah it's it's not something i would recommend it's not something i even promote but it's definitely not something that i think you should be thrown in a cage for or or killed for or have any type of you know government oversight for right like they they're going out and it's at least an honest type of living and kamala man no man what she's done and and lied about it is absolutely bonkers yeah yeah and then yeah, she's she's the worst. I think I think everyone in the uh, everyone in the audience is probably agreeing. We don't need to we don't need to preach to the choir on <laughs> how fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, today on FSM, they uh, they talked about Kamala Horse being terrible in other news, right? Like it's it's not news. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But the fact that Georgia flipped, uh, I I actually called that one. So I'm I'm really proud. I didn't make a map of of the country like before the election, but mm-hmm. if I had, there were very few states that I got wrong. Very, very few. And I'm pretty proud of that fact because I called Georgia. I was like, I was looking at the demographics and I was looking at like the precincts and everything. And and I was with I was actually still with Libby and Dimitri. Uh, this by then we were in uh, Colorado and and they were like, no, we've lived there for blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they were up in like Ranger, like an hour and a half sure. outside of the outside of the city and bum fuck nowhere. So, of course, everyone around them was Not far from me. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Should, I grew up in bum fuck nowhere. You see all too. the damn Trump flags out here, man. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, like I'm from New York. I grew up around that and, and New York is solid blue. Like I understand what a city overtaking a state looks like politically. And I watched it happen in Georgia this year and I saw it coming because, um, and the, the only one that I actually like, like really thought was possible that didn't happen was Texas. Cause I thought it was, I thought Texas was going blue too. After watching, uh, Cruz almost lose in 2018, I thought, Holy shit! If they can almost vote in some dipshit like Beto O'Rourke, like them voting for Biden over Trump is not that crazy of a thought. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, how do you how do you think that Georgia can can even back out uh, so it's not basically like three major cities controlling a state polit- state's politics? 
Uh, you know, it, it's got to be decentralization. And, you know, that's kind of my plan. You know, if, if we're fortunate enough, like right now, the Democrats got Stacey Abrams, probably who's going to, you know, be their nominee down here in Georgia for governor, right? Like they just don't have the, the fan power behind anybody else. And she's a Bilderberger, right? Like that's the thing is like when when you can say, hey, listen, man, she's a Bilderberger op. She's obviously not on the top tier making the decision. She's a she's an interest because of her political influence here in the South. She's we've got Vernon Jones, who's one of the, the most crooked lying Democrat or former Democrats turned Republican that's being, you know, you know, uh, championed by Trump right now down here. He's already blocked me on social media for asking him if he, you know, if he missed some votes, which he could have just told the truth about. Uh, he already had, but instead he decided to lie and I caught him on it, got the screenshots and all. And then you got Brian Kemp, you know, the, the current governor who locked us down. Like, this is not a good you know, election cycle for Republicans. And man, I'll tell you what, like it's, it's a moment where we have enough, you know, name recognition down here to at least start the blaze. And if we can do that, man, to, to start to look at this in a different way, um, you know, Democrat, Republican. Well, I, I think George has always been Democrat. I think what happened, you know, after the 1960s and uh, was that the Republicans who were in control saw the writing on the wall, or uh, you know, the, uh, the, I should say, the Democrats who were in control saw the writing on the wall that they weren't part of the, you know, the the, the desegregation movement and everything, and so they became quote unquote Republicans. Really, they were just blue dog Democrats. And the say, it's been this that group of people who stayed in charge till now. It's gonna, it's about to change big time because. Those people have been found out. They've been exposed um, by the Herculean efforts of uh, the, the liberty movement. And, you know, the, the guys down here pushing uh, for everything from ballot access to cannabis, you name it. And it's, I mean, it's it's time, you know, right now, 2022 is the warm up round for 2024. And I'll tell you what, man, it's just the message of liberty is what's going to change it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm really excited about the amount of, of infrastructure and, and and the platform that people like you and Chase and and other and like Larry up in New York and like Nick Wildstar in California mm -hmm. and you know we've got a bunch of other people who are gonna who are kind of rising up and and will probably be running again next year. That just leads into some really fucking strong endorsements and surrogates for what, whoever we run as president like the idea of of having you and chase even if you, you both lose which i think that there's a possible there's like some real possibilities down there that that's i i think 22 is going to shock some people in a few states uh but even if you both lose you guys got are going to get like a, at least a million votes between the two of you easily and and that's a million people already ready and gung-ho to vote for uh, whoever we brought in 24 and not only that, but that's a million people who are already ready. And, and half of them are probably like, wait, how do I make 24 work? You know, we just, we're going to fire up so many volunteers in the next three years that the 24 is going to be a race. Like no one in the Liberty movement seen before. It's going to be, uh, I, can t I, I can tell you from the inundation in my email, man, like the people that are going like, how do I help you? You know, um, it's it's never been like that. It's 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 it, I've had volunteers before, and I've you know had you know some pretty you know pretty active volunteers going out and recruiting. We're not even doing that. Like it, it's a it was a one man show for Senate here, and 
to be able to do that without spending a dime and have that kind of response where people want to get involved and actually work their ass off. Ooh, man, that's uh, that's something the establishment has not calculated at all. Oh, hell yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I'll ask that question here, too. How can people uh, get involved and help out and, and support uh, what you guys are doing just in the LP down there and also for your race? Yeah, man. Uh, LP Georgia is uh, the, the the Libertarian Party down here, and we've got the LP Mises Caucus. I would be amiss if I didn't uh, talk about that. Uh, both of those are great organizations uh, that are doing huge things down here. Um, for me, it is RadicalPod.com. I've got all my links there. Uh, you can sign up, uh, and, and someday I'll have a newsletter when I've got a little bit more time and all that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, if you want to help me out with Radical, it's uh, it's RadicalPod.com. It's Shane T. Hazel on pretty much everything else. Um, and I'm pretty active on Twitter, apparently. So, uh, you know, <laughs> got, some, got some tweets out there that, <laughs> that, I, that I like doing, actually. Yeah. Twitter's, Twitter's gotten more fun. Uh, it's also awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's such a dichotomy, man. It's so, it's so obnoxious. Well, Shane, thanks so much for coming on. This was awesome. David, I, I really I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for the platform, brother. And uh, you'll have to come and do Radical now. Oh, for sure. Uh, guys, if you haven't already, go follow Shane. His thing's been scrolling across the bottom for a while. If you live in Georgia, figure out how you can help. Get involved with the Macy's Caucus or the Pragmatist Caucus because <laughs> they're both doing some fun things down there and, and running some really awesome candidates. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. The button's over that way. And uh, like this, share it with all your friends. Tell everyone that you know that lives in Georgia about this episode so that they can help out. And we will catch you back here next time. Until then, keep up the fight.